0: Amen. Hey, that's right. We are in our study world religions cults and the alcohol. Bobby's not here. Deborah, You want to step in his place? We're on number nine. The topic is Jehovah's says, give it up, you Christian couples. They are doing good tonight. That's right. She filled in for you, Bob. That's a helpmate if I ever saw one. That's right. But as by way of recap, as you turn there towards the uh, last of the pages there, we've seen our, the history of it. Started by this guy, Charles Taze Russell. Went to this other guy, Judge Rutherford, who really wasn't a judge. Goes to, now it's a headquarters situation, the Watchtower Bible Tract Society. Of course, their own Bible. Uh, we took a look at their beliefs in general and their cultic be- behavior. How do they draw attention to themselves? How do they appear more spiritual? Than the rest of us. Boy, do they have a corner on the truth because they do this weird thing with all due respect. Well, we saw that they don't believe in the cross. They just say it was a stake. They don't do birthdays, Christmas, military blood transfusions, and you got to say Jehovah. Even to the point where their version of the Bible, the New World Translation, is not a translation, it's a perversion where they will add, insert, hack, chop anything in there, including Jehovah, where it never even occurs just to try to make it look like they're doing. And that's where we finished up signs of a cold, okay? So we've been seeing every single time there's a pattern. Uh, how do you know you're getting involved in a cold? It's always starting with the source of authority. You get outside this book, the Bible, you are always going to end up in error, always 100% of the time. So what's the lesson? I don't care who they are, I don't care how they dress, I don't care how fantastic they sound. What do you do if they get outside of this book? What do you do? Run is what it rhymes with. In fact, it's spelled R U N. For those of you wondering, that's right, run, okay? Source of authority, they don't have the same Bible as you and I. Again, they took their belief system, their false teachings, took a, even a messed up version of the Bible, and the hack, chop, 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 hack, whatever. So even their Bible isn't even the same as ours, and of course, they get it from individual men, not from the Word of God on top of that. Then, of course, it all goes downhill. We took a look at the nature of God and the Trinity. They get that wrong. Last time, if you recall, they get Jesus wrong. They get the nature of man wrong, and we're at the top of that page five in this section here they also get the means of, guess what, salvation wrong. Shocker. And what we're going to see, obviously, one characteristic of the cults are, it is a works-based salvation. Because we all know that uh, Jesus went to the cross just to get things kick-started, the rest of it's up to us. No, that's blasphemy. He did it all. It's by grace we are saved through faith, right? But that's what every... Uh, Cole believes by and large so you got to do something right and then every, that's the game it all starts because everybody's got their version of What's the do list look like? Okay, but let's take a look at that the means of salvation salvation is obtained according to Jehovah's Witnesses Right from allegiance to Jehovah plus he is your next blank plus works er, right there. What does that tell you? This is not Christian it's not Christianity. It's not even close. It's a cult. This is there. No way. How can you have said, oh, we're Christians just like you? No, you're not. You are not the same thing. It's a works-based salvation. You have to do things, and that's just the issue. Now, they use the word here, plus, but how many times have we seen uh, this uh, basic truth? Okay, anytime somebody says to you, oh, it's Jesus, it's, okay, plus, but, and, or, that's not the gospel. And this is what they do. If it's not only Jesus, only him, only his work, that's not the gospel. All right? And that's what they admit. It's plus works. Then they even define it. And again, see, every cult has their little list, and here's just one of their parcels. They, first of all, it's works. Well, what's those works? Baptism by immersion. Because we all know uh, that in the Bible, the thief on the cross, uh, uh, Jesus uh, snuck him down while nobody was looking. He, had him, he like, uh, threw a rock or something, and they, they oh, what's that? squirrel. Squirrel. Right, and while that was going on, then <laughs> he sucked down, baptized him, and put them all back. No, of course, and that's again blasphemy. Are you kidding me? No, right? How the thief, He was never baptized yet. What did Jesus say? Yet today, you will be with me in paradise. Okay, uh, active association with the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. Right, so you have to be active in your quote-unquote service in order to be saved. No, don't think so. Also, faithfulness to the kingdom hall work, and again, what they prescribe, and righteous conduct. What does the Bible say about our righteousness? Filthy rags, right? There's just no way. So again, it's a works-based salvation, okay, they get it wrong. Now, because of that, any works-based salvation, whether it be Jehovah's Witnesses, what we saw last time with uh, Mormons, anybody that says you got to do something to get there, guess what you don't have? You have zero, nothing, nada. You have no assurance of salvation. Because again, that's the, that's the illusion. How do you know if you did enough? And, and if we get that far, that's my goal. I'm going to share with you some actual Jehovah's Witnesses who got saved and they said this was the most horrible uh, uh, one guy was driven to drugs and all kinds and just, ah, Because you never know. You did 100,000 things and everybody's got their own list but you get there, what if it's 100,000 hundred thousand one? one? Oops. Too late. How do You never know. Contrast to what the Bible says, we enter into God's Rest. We'll get into that in just a second. There is no assurance of salvation, only hope for a resurrection, right? And even that, according to Jehovah's Witnesses, is even insecure, is not even secured as well. So those who fail, though, to live up to the requirements for salvation or who are disfellowshipped by the Watchtower and Bible Tract Society have what? No hope of salvation. Excuse me? Is that what the Bible teaches? Are you? It's crazy, okay? And In fact, let's just take a look real quick what the Bible says. The Bible says that we are saved, obviously, by faith in Christ, what he did on the cross, right? The Bible uses terms like justified, right? That's one of those Christianese words. Mario just preached a sermon on We're justified by what? Works? No, what's the word? What was the Mario sermon all about? Because I know you memorized it. He's right there, make him feel good. <laughs> justified by faith, right? Right, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Right, the Scripture says that repeatedly. Jesus took our place, and He also another truth: we're not only justified by faith. What's justification? To use it, just as if I'd never sinned. You got to say it like that to sound spiritual, right? Just as if I'd never sinned. Isn't that awesome? Right? What a just woo! But that's really that's salvation. That's what Jesus, His shed blood on the cross, His sacrifice does for us. But it's obtained by faith. Why? Because you don't earn it. It's a gift. Right. Salvation's a gift. If uh, you had to work for it, then it's not a gift. And everything begins to fall downhill, and that's what they do. But they also say it's works, and everybody's got their law of things that you gotta do and you gotta keep and their version of what they do. Another thing that the Bible says that we guess what? We have been set free from the curse of the law which is what a whole system of works jesus satisfied the law and therefore we are not obligated to keep the law he did it in our place he lived the perfect life in our place right now he says we're in dwell with the holy spirit right and that he writes god's writes his law on our hearts right i don't need external rules of do's and don'ts and law it's in my heart but you cannot be justified by trying to keep the law because the problem is guess what Nobody can keep the law, right? And what's the entrance into heaven? Sort of good? No, it's perfect. Why? Because God is holy, which means perfect. Without sin, no light, no darkness, the scripture says. So what's, what's the problem? We've all blown it. We've all sinned. And just because, okay, well, I recognize that I've sinned. I'm covered with sin. And from this point forward, I'm going to try not to sin as much. Well, you still blew it. It's still all over you. You can't get it off. Justified. Jesus removes the sin he atones for the sin that's the big difference and because of that the scripture says we enter into a whole bunch of works from this day forward to hopefully keep it earn it no no. the wonderful word in the scripture is rest see that's what jehovah's witnesses don't have they don't have rest they have no assurance they have no rest they're working their tail off literally driving themselves batty and i'll give you some examples they have no rest the fact that you and i could go thank you god thank you for saving me thank you for cleansing me from all my sins in fact you know what's really cool i just did it my own time with the lord last few weeks looking at you know, god says he will remember our sins no more you know what it says in the hebrew obliterated it's absolutely awesome obliterated literally exterminated isn't that cool? It's like, man, how, why didn't I look this up before in the Hebrew? This is awesome. I mean, forgetting them is good enough. Right? That God will remember our sins no more. Wow. That's a, but listen, he's very emphatic about, I'm going to obliterate them. When you obliterate something, what's left? Nothing. Right? Then, fast forward to what Paul says. Right? Paul says in Philippians, he says, listen, what do I do? I forget. I forget what lies behind. Right? And I run and listen, the Greek there, I run swiftly towards what's ahead, the prize, heavenward for what Christ has grabbed hold of me for, right? But you know what the, the word there in forget is? He's talking about what, what's happened in the past, forget, you know what the word basically means? This is cool. To put into a state of oblivion. There it is again. Isn't that awesome? So God says, listen, I'm going to obliterate your sins. I'm not going to remember them. They're obliterated. So, why do you keep bringing them up? And then Paul says, Listen, don't fall for that trap. It's gone. I don't care if it was one minute ago or one day ago or one year ago. Put it into a state of oblivion. Why? Because that's what God's done and get moving forward. Isn't that awesome? And because of that, what do you do? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Jesus. They don't have that. And I'm telling you, that's one of the biggest ways to witness to the witness is to share the rest. I got peace with God right now through Jesus Christ, man. It's awesome. They don't have that, okay? And in rest, it is rest from trying to earn our salvation in any way. We are saved by grace through faith. Also, the Bible, on top of that, says, listen, you're not saved not by works of the law. You're saved by faith, right? On top of that, it says you are not saved by works. And of course, I just quoted it. it's not by works, lest anyone should boast. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. Romans 3, 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without deeds of the law. Galatians two sixteen. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. Okay, and so that's the question to the Jehovah's Witnesses: How do you know? And, and you can point it out to them: How do you know? How do you know if you're doing enough good works to be saved? Are all your hours going door to door to door to door to door to door to door that you're supposed to, is is that going to earn merit with God? No. In fact, when it starts to sound like these people that push these, this works and works and works, and they still don't have any rest, okay, it makes you wonder if they're not going to be some of those people who stand before Jesus on Judgment Day. Remember that passage? How many times did we quote it? Matthew 7. Many will say to me, not a few, many will say to me on that day, thank you, Jesus, for your shed blood on the cross that you were... What do they appeal to? And in every single one there, he mentions, many will say to me on that day, Did we not prophesy in your name? Did and in your, your name cast out demons? And you perform miracles? What are they appealing to? Works, even so called religious works. And what's Jesus say? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, which means what? You didn't get your salvation, you lost it. You were never saved in the first place. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, okay? You can never be made worthy by anything you do. All our deeds are as filthy rags before the Lord. Again, Isaiah 64. Wow. That's some serious stuff. But again, that's one of our major witnessing points that we know for sure that we're going to go to heaven. Huge. They may not give you the satisfaction right there in front of your face when you witness to the witness. I'm telling you that's huge. They are longing. They are crying. When they're alone, they're weeping because they're in a state of torment flip it around can you imagine living a life where you're trying to work your tail off and you just really don't know you don't know if it's enough you don't know if you're going to make there you don't know if you're going to get their version which is not hell you're going to get it annihilated you're going to have existence how do i know can you imagine living like that that's what these people are doing and then here comes you and i the christian wow rest you can have that rest That's a very big, strong thing. Let's continue on. Only they say, again, as we saw before, 144,000 faithful, elect Jehovah Witnesses, known as the anointed class. Uh, Who's anointed in the scripture? Every born-again Christian, right? You receive the anointing, uh, the Holy Spirit. Who's known as the anointed class will reign with Christ in the kingdom of God, their version, if you will, of heaven. So only 144,000 go to heaven. Is that true? No, as we saw in great detail. I'm not going to belabor that, but excuse me, I don't think so. Okay, and uh, only those who are born also since what? 33 AD, okay, can be a part of that number, okay? Uh, I don't think it's uh, 33 AD, so uh, with that, I'm, I'm thinking he, this guy must be meaning, maybe it's a typo in the workbook or something. Uh, but uh, anyway, but that's their problem. Remember, their, their problem that they're saying is that people who were supposed to be of the original, of the original uh, 144,000, and, it's, and remember that, millions living will never die those a lot, right? Okay. Well, guess what's happening? They're dying. Remember remember it's supposed to be in a generation. Remember they changed generations several different times. Well, guess what they're getting so old Now if he's talking about 1933 uh, Here if this is a typo, then that would put the age at 84 years old. Guess what? These people are starting to die. What a second. You just said they never die and the Armageddon coming. Yeah So the whole thing's falling apart. Most Jehovah's Witnesses, though, that's just for the elite, which, again, nobody really knows. Anyway, most Jehovah's Witnesses hope to be among the what? Other sheep or great crowd who will not go to heaven. Is your blank there, heaven. But after Armageddon and the millennium will live forever in their version of paradise on earth. But even then, there still is no guarantee. Even then, wait till you hear their version of, you'll get into a state of perfection, but you could still lose it. then there's not perfection. Anyway, whatever. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Now, so again, can you feel the angst? Can you feel the pressure? Can you, no wonder bloody knuckles, man, get to the next door and to the next door and to the next door and to the next door because maybe one more. Maybe, what a sad, sad way of living. Those who have disobeyed Jehovah and his law will be what? Annihilated. Now, as we saw before, annihilation is not true. There's eternal life, Okay, eternal paradise, and there's eternal punishment, eternal torment. Eternal, exact same word, no way. Plus, annihilation is not punishment, it's a release from punishment. Right? And the Bible says that hell is a place of punishment Okay, for those who reject Christ. All right, But they say they'll be annihilated out of existence along with Satan and his demons. They say this is the second death. No, it's not. The second death is when hell okay, comes up at the great white throne judgment, judge before god and where do they go into the lake of fire the second death is you thought it was bad in hell you ain't not see nothing yet you basically went from the frying pan into the fire that's the second death okay but again they twist that as well because why because they just can't believe in this doctrine of hell thing they say it's regarded as unscriptural unreasonable contrary to god's love and unjust as we saw before in the previous study that's not true how could god be just if there is no punishment for sin. Because again, annihilation, poof, is a release from any punishment. So anybody gets to do what they want, there's no accountability, doesn't matter how much you sin, what you sin, anything, whatever, it doesn't matter, poof. That's not punishment. So what kind of a just God is that? Okay, and as we saw before, God does what only God can do. He's both love and just at the same time. He's just and he does punish sin, but he's also love and he says, I punish my son in your place, and he did it all for you. He took your punishment in your place. Now, if you would just receive it, I'll set you free. That's love, right? So God's both not one or the other, okay? Love and just. Now, who in the world would ever fall for this, right? Now, there's a whole giant list of people, unfortunately, uh, in society that have fallen for Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, And there was a big, giant list that I had, but I didn't recognize all of them. I guess I'm not keeping up with the young whippersnappers. I didn't recognize some of these names. But some of them I did recognize, i want to share with you. Some people who were, if you will, famous Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, Prince, okay, believe it or not, uh, was a Jehovah's Witness. Uh, He apparently, listen to this, this was sad. Prince was, quote, raised as a Baptist, but converted to become a Jehovah's Witnesses in 2001, shortly after his mom's death. Now, that's a, hmm what went wrong with that how do you get You didn't just get witness to a baptist you went to was raised a baptist so what does that imply it's been a couple sundays there (laughs) you're right right what kind of a church was that how did you get there and you apparently never heard the gospel How did you sift through the crowd? How many times have we seen that? And these people who get hooked up into the cult, sometimes the cult founders, even remember as far back, even the New Age movement, repeatedly, how many times do you see these people getting confronted in the church and they walk out and they get involved in a cult or they start one? What happened? And that's the importance of us being disciples, being concerned, not being inward focused, outward focused, paying attention. I wonder if that person knows Jesus Christ. You know, I wonder, well, they've been, they've been coming for 9,320 years, so what? Well, they're here every Sunday with their mom and dad, so what? Well, their dad's a deacon, so what? Their dad's a pastor, so what? Do they really know Jesus Christ as their Savior? And guess what? Don't assume, share. So people don't fall through the cracks. Well, that, Michael Jackson is another one. Uh, was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. Serena Williams, the tennis star, not a Christian. She's a Jehovah's Witness and still practices today. Uh, Notorious Big, B-I-G, the rapper guy, uh, was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. Uh, Damon Wayans, right? A lot of people say, those those guys are Christian. Raised Jehovah's uh, uh, Witnesses, the Wayans brothers. Uh, Venus Williams, so her sister's doing it too, right? Also, still to this day, a practicing uh, Jehovah's uh, Witness. So that's why we witness, folks, because guess what? People fall through the cracks. And even with some of these people, they find out, <gasps> they're, Michael Jackson was Jehovah's Witness? Maybe I should look. That's what's sad, right? Serena Williams, her sister, look at them. They, they're, they're model citizens. They Look at them. They're doing good to society. It's got to be true. No. But that's what's sad, is these people get into this stuff and that's the silent promotion or loud promotion. I don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. Uh, but if they're doing that, that's not helping anybody at all. So that's why we witness. Now, let's get into that part. The path to Jesus as Jehovah with the Jehovah's Witness, is on your work prayer. And basically what this guy does, I, I appreciate this part. And it's just the one aspect of how do you witness to the witness and getting them to see, even from their own perversion, the New World Translation, that Jesus is, in fact, God. Or what they would say, Jehovah. Well, let's, let's follow the trail. Number one, ask the Jehovah's Witness to show the scriptures that refer to Jesus as the Mike, uh, Michael, the archangel. Because that's what they believe. False teaching. We dealt with that in great detail. So here's what they're going to whip out. Right? They're going to whip out one of the most foremost princes. Daniel ten thirteen. That's their version. Uh, a New World Translation. The prince of Daniel's people. Three, the great prince who is standing in behalf of the sons of Daniel's people. Now, this is what they're probably going to whip out at you. Right? And uh, then number four, the archangel who had a difference with the devil and was disputing with Moses' body, but did not dare to bring a judgment against him in abusive terms. Jude 9. Then they're going to bring up a participant in heavenly conflict when Michael and his angels battled with the dragon again. New World Translation. Now, typically, what you'll find with the cults, same thing with Mormons, certainly Jehovah's Witnesses, they got a track. They got a track that they go on, right? Because especially with Jehovah's Witnesses, because they get all the stuff basically from the Watchtower Society, right? And so they got this little, well, now you start busting up the track, right? So, because they, they can whip these things out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Jesus, monkey angel, Arco. So here's how you counter that. Number one, Jesus, and this is using their own perversion against them. Because guess what? It's made for man, which means what? He's got errors. <laughs> but you can even use their own perverted translation to show them that their own perverted translation, which is the only thing they honor, shows that Jesus is God, or what they would say is Jehovah. Watch this. Jesus instead, though, remember it says one of the foremost princes, the uh, archangel Michael. Uh, he had a uh, he uh, he did not dare bring a judgment against Satan when he disputed over the body of Moses. Listen, Jesus is instead referred to as the what Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Well, that's not the foremost prince, you know. Uh, you know, that, that's that's a whole different realm there of a title. And that's their own translation, Revelation 74. And unlike Michael, they even record, uh, says this, Go away, Satan, Matthew 4.10. Well, wait a second. I, I thought you said earlier that he didn't, if he's really supposed to be the Mark, Archangel Michael, he says he didn't bring a judgment against Satan. He didn't say nothing. But then right here, it says he did say something to him. So what's going on here? Title's different, response is different, and then they keep going. Refer to Hebrews 1. And Hebrews 1 is very powerful because Hebrews 1 is clearly talking about Jesus and it's clearly drawn to the dichotomy of Jesus and the angels and how the angels worship Jesus. How do you get around this one? For to which of the angels did he ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you, and again I will be a father to him and he shall be a son to me. And when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, And let all the angels of God, what? Worship him. So if all the angels are worshiping him, it's clearly Jesus being spoken of here. How can you say he's the archangel Michael? It doesn't compute. Right? But keep going. Now, show also that the angels refuse to worship. Okay? But the Father's command is that all angels worship his son. Again, you got a dichotomy that's going on. It doesn't work. Now, note, the New World Translation has changed. That's your blank there has changed here in 1970 from worship to do obeisance to express homage to bowing so again on that one they've already corrected because again as we've said before many times with these guys we will point out their errors guess what they'll do they'll change it tell everybody to get rid of the older you know version this is the latest greatest new light that we have for you right and just cover it up so these other ones that were mentioned up above who knows if the lord should tear we're still alive unfortunately guess what they're probably going to do They're going to change it and clean that up too. And we'll just keep finding them and pointing them out, leading to Jesus, hopefully. All right, so now now, go on top of that. Back to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1, 10 through 12. The important thing is that the Son is the one being referred to in Hebrews chapter 1. The whole context is about Jesus. Jesus being superior to the angels. Now, you take them over to Psalm 102. I don't have time to read it, but if you read Psalm 102, it is all God and God and God and God. In their translation, of course, they supplant that with Jehovah. So again, you could use their own translation. Okay, so Jehovah, 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 Jehovah. Now here's what's challenging. In Hebrews 1, 10 through 12, there is a direct citation from Psalm 102 about the Son being Jehovah. All of Psalm 102, even in their perverted translation, is God. Again, they say Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah. They change the name. Jehovah, 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 Jehovah. So it's all about God. Right smack dab in the middle of Hebrews one that's already said it's about Jesus, already said that the angels worship him, right smack dab in the middle of it, it pulls out a major context about a passage about God. Laying the foundations of the world, etc. blah, blah. How do you get around that? Right? Flip to the next page, let's keep going. Now, keep on going. You're about halfway there to demonstrate, even using their own perverted translation, the New World Translation, that Jesus is God. He is not the Archangel Michael. Now, you start in Revelation 1.8 and ask them, who is Alpha and Omega? Well, the text defines it for you. I am the Alpha and the Omega says who? The Lord God, who was and who, uh, who is, who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Right? Then you read Revelation 1.17 and 18 and see who calls himself the first and the last. When I saw him, John says, I fell at his feet like a dead man, and he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid, I am... The first and the last. Now, this is clearly talking about Jesus here. And the living one, and I was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. So, right here it says the Lord God in the first example, and Jesus takes the title, the phrase, the first and the last. Now, put them both together with Revelation 22, right? Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done i am the what alpha and omega. Well, who's that title belong to god and then what follows right next to it the first and the last so who's that coupling it with jesus so he is alpha and omega the first and last so guess what he's god right it says it here You put them together. The beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life, may enter by the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons and the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. I, who? Jesus. So again, who's clearly in the context? Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. Now that um, there's other ways you can do it, too, but even using their own translation, right? Because again, that's the challenge with witnessing to the witness. What are they encouraged to do? You try to give them something. What are they told by the Watchtower Society? Apostate. That person is an apostate. And anything they gave you is apostate material. And what are you instructed to do? Immediately. Get rid of it. In fact, don't even look at it. Because if you look at it, you might think upon that. And you might be tempted to consider apostate material. Oh. So that's why when you got them, hey, while well, I got you face to face, can we crack open the Bible just real quick? And you go bang, 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 bang. Guess what? There you go. Because that's probably going to be your best bet. I'm not saying don't not give them something. Something beats nothing. Okay. And sometimes they break their own rules and they'll look at the stuff, okay? But I'm telling you, we got to get equipped to how to witness to the witness, right? Too often, many times, what do you hear? I, I hear this, all the years of ministry, everywhere I pastor, I hear, hey, Pastor Billy, I tell you what, you won't believe what happened to me this weekend. I had some Jehovah's Witnesses come to my door. <laughs> I laughed at them and slammed it, ha, ha, ha. And I say, excuse me, why don't you share Christ with them? You really think you're doing something great? Sorry to ruin your story but I'm not taking joy in that. Who's going to witness to the witness? Right? We have to have those hearts. Now, let's look at some more witnessing strategies. Right? Number one, again, is always sanctify your heart. What's that mean? Be prepared to give an answer. That's what he's quoting there, 1 Peter 3.15. Why are you here? Why do we just go through just a little, little test here? How do you demonstrate, even from their own perversion, right, that Jesus is, in fact, God? Right? You're getting equipped. Give, uh, uh, be prepared to give that answer. Number two, Pray. It's a spiritual battle. Unless God touches their heart, it's going to be talking to a brick wall. We plant, we water. Who gives the increase? 1 Corinthians 3. God. So we've got to pray. And prayer is not a last resort. Prayer is not a spare tire on the trunk. Prayer should be our first resort. Right? Unless the spirit of God touches them, nothing's going to happen. So if anything, while you're witnessing, you need to be praying under your breath. Uh, that God, please breathe light to these words, so to speak. God, please open their hearts and minds. Oh, God, please. Right? As we share, right? So pray. Be ready with a good understanding of the scriptures. Well, see, i tell you what, because uh, Jesus, y- you guys got it wrong. He's God. Oh, really? Why do you think that? C- well, my pastor said, my- <laughs> usually doesn't go over too well at that point, right? So do your own homework. Don't just take, what do I say every time? Don't take my word for it. Let's listen to Bobby's. No, who said that? Bobby, you're good, but that's, I'm sorry. But let's listen to God's, right? Get into, the, you need to be able to know where it's at yourself, right? Uh, exactly. So know the scriptures, a good understanding. Don't argue, don't attack the person. You're not trying to win a debate. Ha, <laughs> right? Don't do that. Don't get off on uh, tangents and, and define your words. The important points are what? All these five areas that they get it wrong and every cult gets it wrong. So you need—they need to get it right, right. So if you're going to focus on something, focus on the source of authority, the nature of God, the person and work of Jesus, the nature of man, and again, how in the world do you get to real heaven, right? The means of salvation—it is not a works-based situation—and avoid Christianese, right? Justified—you need Jehovah's Witness. You need to be justified so that you can be sanctified. So, you can, well, what's that mean? Well, my pastor said, hey, no, you did it again. No, right? If you don't know what those words means, don't use them. Okay? Or if you do know what they mean, don't use them because it means nothing to them. Break it down. What does it mean? Hey, could you, know, it's through the, it's through the work of Jesus Christ, his death on the cross, that the Bible says that God will consider you as if you've never sinned. You know what I just described? Justify, <laughs> right? But you break it down into layman's terms. They don't know don't know our language right so break it down uh as well all right and then share your testimony and underline this your assurance of eternal life again that's what they don't have that's what they do not have it's what the uh uh muslim does not have it's what the mormon doesn't have frankly the catholic doesn't have as we saw with their works-based system and all the things that you're supposed to do and sacraments and the prayers and the rosary you remember all that stuff Anybody, it's a works-based salvation, okay, they don't have that. And so that's a powerful thing for us to share. Now, some other specifics. Show the multitude of ways in which the watchtower has changed, is your blank there, has changed over the years, i.e., has lied, okay? Because that's really what's going on, right? And we went through a whole bunch of them, right? Who's the faithful and discreet slave? Really? Well, it starts out this guy, it changed to this guy, and then it went to this entity, but then what about the 144,000? So which one is it? Well, speaking of 144,000, at first it was these people back here, and they're supposed to be here, and then it was supposed to be a generation, which you originally said was 70, but then you changed your mind because you came out with this other false prophecy, but then you went back to that, but the problem is now you passed 70 years, and now these people are dying off. Now what? Because most of the time, they haven't been told. And it just plants a little seed like, what? Yeah, you're, you're right. Okay? And so you need to uh, point those things out as we saw. Now, present evidence of the Watchtower's false prophecies. And if you forgot, then go back a few pages, and we had a whole list in chronological order of how many times you got it wrong. Right? And you said, say, hey, you did this. And then, guess what? You go back to the Scripture, Deuteronomy 18. What's that say? If anyone, what? says that they're supposedly speaking in God's name, paraphrasing obviously. What are you supposed to do? Well, before that, the Old Testament law was what? You stone them. And they're not talking about drugs. They're talking about taking rocks, put them in a pit, and you throw rocks at them until they're dead. Right? That's what's going on. Now, praise God, we're not on the Old Covenant. Amen? Amen? Well, what does that tell you? God takes it serious when people say, ah, God told me, and it doesn't happen. Why? Because it makes God look like he doesn't know what he's doing, i.e., it makes God look like he's a liar. Lying is sin, and God is without sin. Jesus is the truth. There is no lie, it's impossible with God. And because of that truth, then yes, says, don't be afraid of them, have nothing, you know, get out of there, right? So that's what you demonstrate. How many times you get it wrong, go back to the scripture, what's the Bible say, even your own perversion, you're supposed to do with these guys? Run. So then why do you keep listening to them? How many times do they get it wrong? All right. Next one. Most witnesses will not accept material from you, so you must be able to provide evidence from within the Bible that Jesus is God. We just talked about that. Present biblical material they have not been given. Pat answers for. Again, they got a little script that they go on. And every once in a while, you just throw something in, throw something out there. And he gives you one example. Acts 2.26 shows that Jesus was resurrected physically, right? And that passage says, quote, my body also will live in hope. His what? Body. That's physical. It's not just some spiritual event that they want to deny the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ, okay. And then again, allow witnesses to save face. That doesn't mean that what they're saying is true. That doesn't mean that you don't back it up. Basically, what he's saying is, don't humiliate them. don't destroy him. <laughs> I got you, hey neighborhood, got him, woo! Five. Usually, not a good witness to the witness or anybody. It's not about a debate. I say that all the time. It's about sharing the truth because the truth shall set you free right so you're not there to humiliate them or destroy them you're there to love and respect them but love them enough to tell them the truth now when you do that guess what they get saved they get saved i want to close with uh, three testimonies real quick the first one is an extra they're all obviously extra witnesses now but notice as i read through these testimonies what was the thing that drew them to christ what was the thing that was like whoa i, I can i i need that Right? So let's, see, let's, let's do that. Uh, first one is Tammy. Tammy was raised by Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, her, both her parents. Her father was an elder, so he was in the leadership there. Tammy was confident that she was in the only true religion, and she was pioneering their version of witnessing, going door to door. In her 30s, listen, she spent at least 90 hours per month Yeah, because what would happen if we spent 90 hours a month? Would our neighborhood be the same? Would Las Vegas be the same? Would our world be the same? 90 hours a month. Now, as a skilled debater, Tammy gave frequent talks and demonstrations, listen, from the age seven. I mean, she was in it, thick, Right and skilled. Right, uh, She was considered a model witness by her friends and family uh, until her life began to fall apart. She said, I was a, a religious zealot and looked scornfully at anyone too lazy to pursue the truth, as we called it. I judged others pretty severely in order to feel good about myself. Something in me always knew my hard work was never good enough, but in my moments I spent comparing myself to others, I'd feel a tiny reprieve from the constant guilt. So inside, deep down inside, you know you're not good enough. So what's the game that people play? Well, he's ain't as bad as Mario. Look at him there. He's just sitting there. No, he's a good guy, right? All right, I'll get the, you want? Sh- no, I won't pick on you, Sonia. You smile too happy. That wouldn't work. No, right? In that game, you always find, oh, he's ain't like that guy or that guy, right? And this called trying to justify, trying to pacify your guilt. Oh, hey, but God doesn't play that game, right? Well, as long as you can find somebody worse, I'll let you in. Oh, boy. And Hitler comes up every single time, right? That's not, anyway. So that's what she did. She said, I wanted to believe I was doing all I could do to please God and obliging him to protect me through the Battle of Armageddon. Uh, Still, the very best I could hope for, listen listen to the the Jehovah's Witnesses version of what we would, a loose version of, quote, eternal security. Listen to this. Here's our only hope. Here's our only thought of rest. Listen, Uh, this is why. She said, still, the very best I could hope for was to die while in the door-to-door ministry or in the process of refusing a blood transfusion. How sad that is. She said that's the closest any witness gets to a guarantee of getting to the new world, paradise, earth. Since heaven only has room for 144,000. Which is kind of weird. God created the whole universe. But, I don't know, heaven, I, I, I'm crampacked at 144,000. <laughs> Just crazy, right? She says, listen, still it gets worse. Once you make it, if you make it, to the new world... Then, listen, then you have to go without any major sin for a thousand years. Ain't going to (laughs) happen. And then, then, you have to be tested again to see if you deserve eternal life. And even if you pass all the tests, there is no hope of lasting security. Because, listen, if you pass the test, you will only win perfection, which is supposed to greatly reduce your risk of sinning again and being permanently destroyed Mm, then it's not perfection. So even their version of supposedly getting to paradise, there is no security in that. Crazy. She said, my face started to wane when I had a miscarriage and I could never reconcile that my baby would have no resurrection according to Jehovah's Witness beliefs. Poof. I secretly rejected the Jehovah's Witness idea that Jesus was not my mediator. They said, I remembered a prayer when I was really searching for the love of God, and I distinctly remember standing in my kitchen and begging God to help me understand what kind of love would allow him to give up his son as a sacrifice for people who didn't even know him. Just a simple gospel message. And she's just deep down inside crying, weeping, Oh, God, please. Right? And that's where we had the privilege to let these people know, to get him out of this bondage. She said, During that time, I worked with a Baptist woman uh, who invited me to a Bible study, I only accept her invitation to show her how wrong she was and try to get her to become a Jehovah's witness. I was not prepared for what I encountered in that Bible study. Uh, First of all, I heard how God had been answering these women's prayers. Well, how could Jehovah do that when these people are apostates, right? Then a woman opened up how she was uh, having a challenge understanding eternal security. How does she know that when you're saved, you're saved forevermore? And listen to what she said. She said, that hit me so hard because that described my whole life. I cried all the way home and asked God if there was a way I could know for sure that I would not die in Armageddon if he would please reveal it to me. And then she goes on to say that her boyfriend was invited to a church by one of his clients and they gave him a, an invite card, you know, like we do at a little friendship, little ticket things. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't take it. He gave it to her and says, you go check it out. <laughs> And she says, I've been told my whole life that the only reason churches exist is so preachers can extort money from people. I was also praying for forgiveness for walking into a place where demons live. right, And asking God to protect me from evil spirits. The sight of a cross was frightening to me because I was taught it was a pagan uh, symbol. Now listen, I wanted to get out, but what stopped her? The people smiled and acted friendly. But, but I was sure they had a secret agenda. They seem like normal people. They, they seem to be sincere. I, I, listen, I met an older couple. They were kind, but I thought, uh, maybe they're faking it. <laughs> so, so far, what have we seen that's reached out to her? God, a personal relationship, he answers your prayers? Again, you, you can know you're really saved. What? These people aren't fake? They're not hypocrites? They really love each other, and they love me, and they're glad I'm here, that's just welcome to Sunday mornings. I, I, I was just up in uh, uh, Canada again, and some folks who had been here visiting us were there from Canada, and over and over we get the same response. I love the congregation there. That is the most friendliest, awesome, loving, genuine converse, congregation I've ever had the privilege to step into over and over again. It's a powerful witness. Just us, being Christians, loving each other. So she goes, she goes and she said she listened to the sermon with the pastor from her, you know, she was checking in her New World Translation. And she said, I met with him, Pastor Bruce. And he, he uh, later said to her, he said, it all boils down to this one thing. Do versus done. And he explained that if any of my works as a Jehovah's Witness could earn me some favor with God, then Christ's work on the cross was deficient, it was for nothing, who thought, right? In very simple terms, Pastor Bruce laid out to me the way to, to Jesus to confess my sin and ask for forgiveness. I told myself, just do it. What if on the off chance there might be something to this? So I went by myself and I prayed the way that the pastor had told me and I got, and she said, I remember later I, I said, I got saved today. The word's still foreign to my lips and not really understanding everything it meant to be saved. Still, there was a piece in me that had never been there before. But here comes the price for leaving a cult. When I told my parents that I accepted Christ as my Savior, my mother cried. And she said she would never speak to me again. My new beliefs are foolishness to them. They believe Satan has blinded my mind so I can't see the truth anymore. They believe they are in the truth and I'm an apostate for leaving the truth. I have discovered that the truth is not an organization. It's not a religion. It's a person. It's Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. My mother and father and sister have all forsaken me. But Jesus has never abandoned me. I have the blessing of many more mothers, fathers, and sisters, just as he promised me in Luke 18. I tell you the truth, no one who's left home or brother or parents for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive as many times as much in this age and the age to come eternal life. She says, today I not only have a real relationship with Jesus, but I'm proud to hail him as he rightfully is my Lord and my God. Again, what was the thing that drew her through? Just basic Bible-believing Christians. Just being Christians who love God, who love each other, who love the lost, even when you know they're in their midst. <gasps> How dare you? Look at you. You're just like, ooh, don't even get me started on that one. Whew. I've shared with you a story. This came from Kevin White, the director of the Nevada Baptist. That was, i never forget him. He, ooh, I, I, was, I, was, I was at that pastor's conference here in Vegas, and I was like, I was like, preach it. I mean, that's why I wanted to scream. (laughs) And, man, he was up there. He told a story of how this teenager had come in to the church service and uh, troubled. And uh, he had a baseball cap on. The deacons went, told him in no uncertain terms, you better remove that hat. How dare you? And just begin to berate him for having a hat on. Right? Well, he left. He left, and he went and committed suicide. True story. And this was the church, if I recall right, that Kevin was pastoring at the time. And he was irate. And he had to do that funeral. And he had to work with those parents whose son, one last time, was wanting to seek God. And all they were concerned about was a dumb hat. That's legalism. That's what cults do. Hey, I don't care how you get here. Hopefully, you at least got some clothes on. I'll give you that one. I do want to have some, right? But just get here. And when they get here, love them. Smile. Be glad. Because you don't know if this is their last opportunity to find out if there really is a God. Another one's Gloria. Real quick, Gloria. This is a powerful. She's a fifth-generation Jehovah's Witness. Fifth-generation generation, entrenched into it. Uh, her history goes back 100 years with the time of her great-grandmother. They actually sat under this guy, Russell. Right? And uh, she said, I had seven aunts, uncles, and great-grandparents of the anointed 144,000, again, supposedly the only ones going to heaven, their version of heaven, and the only ones that could partake of communion. Then in 1968, the Watchtower came out and said in 1975 it would mark the end of the world, the 6,000 years of mankind. And shortly after that, we were to expect Armageddon, Many witnesses I knew were selling their homes, giving their money to the organization. That's interesting. So if the organization really believed that too, then why'd they keep the money? Why didn't they keep giving it? away? New thought, new thought. She said, my grandmother said she didn't believe it. She said they had set dates before and they never came true. But one day, my great grandmother and grandfather got up on the roof waiting all day to be raptured. That didn't happen either. But I believe the Watchtower prophecy anyway. I mean, they were true prophets of God, at least that's what I was told, that's what I thought. The interesting thing is that after 1975, the governing body, Watchtower, started saying that they never said it was 1975. This is the lady who lived it, right, was the date for the end. They said that overzealous people in the organization took it wrong. She said, but I was there. I knew they encouraged people to quit school and to sell their homes. And then in 1983, my grandmother and great-grandmother died suddenly, three weeks apart with no warning. My great-grandmother was just a few months shy of turning 100 years old, and I was disillusioned. Quote, I had grown up believing that no one in my family would ever die. Remember, millions now living will never die. Remember that so-called sermon from Rutherford? Right? And that we would all live forever on paradise earth after Armageddon. So that was, she started to look. Now, she turned to Raymond, uh, Raymond Franz. Remember him? He was the vice president. And he got kicked out. Remember that? He got disfellowship. Why? Because he found out what was going on behind the scenes and how wrong they were. Well, he wrote a book. She came across that book, okay, and she said, uh, I read his book, and I could only get a few pages a day and then cry the rest of the day because they were the same stories that my grandmother warned me about, that these guys keep saying one thing, and they do another thing, or they say this thing, and then they change it, and then they go back to this and to that, and whatever. She said, so after a year of extensive reading and research, I asked Jesus to save me. I started going to a small church Bible study, and uh, I left because I was looking for Jesus. I'm passionate about my Lord. He's the lover of my soul. He's, uh, there's nothing like knowing Jesus. He is my everything. Okay. So what was her? What was the one thing that drew her out? The inconsistencies. Pulling out, why are you saying this? And whatever. So again, that was another angle uh, with that. Uh, as well so pro, uh, anyway now f- the final one real quick i just want to throw in a guy a guy version of chris but listen to this he said it was 1967 my family started associating with the jehovah's witnesses i grew up being taught that i was serving jehovah the true god and that to be o- to be disobedient to the watchtower society was being disobedient to jehovah again that's just like the vatican that's just a group of people man they they're not god as I entered into the teenage years, I set my sights on serving at the Canadian Watchtower Branch headquarters and put in as much time as I could the door-to-door work of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, I did, have, I did have some questions regarding some of the doctrines taught by the Watchtower Society, but I set those doubts on the back burner of my mind. I found that many doctrines had changed over the years, even switching back and forth from one idea, being accepted, to not being accepted, and then back to the first position I held. And This was called, quote, new light, so I never really bought into it. I also doubted the Watchtower teaching that only a select few were favored enough of Jehovah to inherit in heaven. But what was I to do? Again, here's his angst. So even in his own camp, he's coming across inconsistencies. Listen to what cults drive people to do. We saw the same thing with Mormonism and everybody else. Anytime that you don't have any assurance and you're trying to work your way there and you never know, it's just a horrible existence. This is why you find that all kinds of immorality, drug abuse, all kinds of things are high in the percentage rates uh, in cults. And that's what he says. I held it all inside until it became too much for me to bear. I began drinking heavily and my health began to fail. I was still too timid to declare my disbelief on these issues. Because why? The fear factor. I knew that if I did so, I would lose my family, my friends, my so-called heavenly hope. and In addition to now having to face the sin I was involved in with the excessive alcohol and abuse of prescription drugs. So now I'm really not stopped. I, I, I know it's probably not right, but I can't say nothing. I'll lose everything. And now it's driven me to abuse drugs and alcohol, and which is a drug. And, and if they find that out, I'm really. What? C- can you feel? And imagine this guy every day getting up. That's his life. That, that's a person that could be sitting next to you at work. You have no clue. Do you know somebody who's a Jehovah's Witness? That's what they're experiencing. Now, they paint the face, they act to act, because we never do that. We never come to Sunday services. Hi, brother, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? Right? And on the way here, what happened? Your car blew up. Your house caught on fire. You just went bankrupt, but hey. <laughs> do the same thing. So they put on the face. Inside, they're dying. That's something that it, when I witness to people, because I, I used to be that person, you, you, you put the mask on. You act like you got it all together. You're good. Life is cool. Inside, when you're by yourself, it's just a nightmare. So I know that nightmare is going. They're not saved. They're living a nightmare. Right? Everybody masks it in different ways, but they're living a nightmare. And then you go for it. Because you know it's true. He said at that point though, when he's at that point, an evangelical couple in my complex began to reach out to me. Uh Uh-oh, so what was the big difference maker? Somebody cared enough to what? Knock on his door. To reach out to him. Right? Saturday afternoons. Right? And so they read scripture with me, they prayed for me, they counseled me from the Bible. A pastor came and visited me. He was the first truly kind man I had contact with in several years. I went to the church and I felt like the proverbial fish out of water. However... The Lord was working in me, and in that sanctuary of that church, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. His words, not mine. Wow, how life has been different since then. Jesus brought me out of spiritual blindness and slavery to men, the foot of the cross, and then to following him with my sins forgiven and salvation by grace. And he's delivered me from alcohol and drug abuse. So what's the other half of that? When we show that we don't live like the world and we don't need these things like the world, and we're not addicted to these things like the world. We're not doing this because we're trying to earn our way. No, no, no. When we show that, hey, Christ can deliver you. Christ has the power to set you free, not only from the bondage of sin and the penalty of sin, namely hell. He has the power to set you free from addictions and sin, period. Now that's a powerful witness. Amen? Amen. Right? And that's what he says. He delivered me from alcohol and drug abuse. No longer do I have to doubt where I am going when I die. Jesus loves me and assures me of my inheritance. Today I've also been blessed to sponsor an outreach of encouragement to other former Jehovah's Witnesses needing such and also current Jehovah's Witnesses dissatisfied and seeking the real Jesus themselves. Why do you witness to the witness? Because who else is going to? I don't know if I can remember. What was the things that reached out into every single one of these things. Just being a Christian. A basic Bible-believing. You don't have to have the whole Bible memorized. Just live it. Love them. Reach out to them. Know at least a little bit where they're coming from. Work with them. Pray with them. And, and, and have that life that you, you have victory in Christ. Show them what that looks like. Show them that you're set free, too, in Christ. Love them, be that friend. That's what they're waiting That's what they don't have. And no, and I am saved. Even as a Christian, myself included, still blow it. But I'm saved. Eternal security. My sins have been obliterated. And what's Paul say? I don't even focus on that. I put them in the state of obliteration in the greek and i press on which means to run swiftly what the race how 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 exciting would it be to run a race and the whole time because and you want to win and the whole time you're going like this <laughs> how many sinking times are you going to fall if you do that that's what he says don't do that put that into an oblivion a state of it but it would be one thing if you could find something back there but he says god's obliterated it so it's just totally futile. You, you can look back there until kingdom come and you're never going to find nothing. It's gone. So look forward and run. Enjoy God's rest. You're going to make it across the finish line. He's guaranteed it. That's what they need to hear. Amen? Well, hi. This is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries. And I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go...